0: American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. So, Ed, what I think is really interesting is that we often think that the plantation, the slave plantation, was developed in the New World, but really has a much deeper history. Can you talk a little bit about where this term slave came from and the history of the slave plantation in the Old World?
1: So really, the origins of, of uh, the slave plantation complex that we came to see in the New World start actually in the Eastern Mediterranean. And they start with the Crusades. As Westerners go into the area that is today Israel, Palestine, Syria, Lebanon, and they fight against uh, the Islamic states that, that occupy that, that part of the world, they also run into a lot of new products. And one of them is a product called sugar. Originally, sugar cane comes from Indonesia, but the Arabic world knew it, certainly by the early part of the second millennium. The crusaders start plantations. They start them in in what is today Israel. They start them in what is today Cyprus. They start them all around the eastern Mediterranean. And on those plantations, they need laborers. And typically, what they do is they bring enslaved laborers from the Black Sea and from other areas that are connected to the Mediterranean and they put them to work growing sugarcane there.
0: And this is where we get the word slave from, originally from the word from Slav. So all the people who are laboring on these plantations are this mixture of people from Eastern Europe and that region from the Balkans to the Black Sea. And this continues on for hundreds of years, basically until Constantinople became Istanbul when in 1453, that great city switches over. And the slave markets are closed. And so that all those plantations of the Eastern Mediterranean, place that we call the Levant, have to look, begin to look elsewhere for sources of labor. And it's in this moment that, of course, the new world is discovered as Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. But it's also part or part of an age of discovery where Europeans are for the first time exploring
1: other parts of the Old World as well,
0: especially Mm -hmm. the Western coast of Africa.
1: Yeah. And to think about why they would be doing that, why Europeans would be expanding outward in the 1400s. In some ways, we need to go back to the 1300s. In the 1300s, massive plague sweeps through Europe. Uh, The bubonic plague kills about 1 third of Europe's population. Now, this sounds like a disaster, and it was. But it also pushes up uh, wage rates across Western Europe and leaves lots of great farmland that really isn't being plowed, isn't being harvested, due to a lack of labor. Over the next few generations, as we get into the 1400s, families expand, they have more children. This is the classic Malthusian pattern. Once you reach the later part of the 1400s, the population is starting to get too big. Uh, There is pressure to expand outward, and that is part of the impetus for For instance, if you're the king of Spain, uh, sponsoring voyages out into the Atlantic. If you're the king of Portugal, sponsoring voyages that go down the west coast of Africa, start to encounter the new societies there, including the societies of uh, what is today Congo, uh, which is uh, something that starts to happen in the late 1400s. Portugal encounters them and begins to first buy and then kidnap slaves from the Congo Kingdom. And they take those slaves, the Portuguese do, to an island off the coast of Africa called Sao Tome, and there they transplant the sugar plantation system, and it does as uh, an economic enterprise. It does terrifically well.
0: And that's what's so interesting about Sao Tome to me is that it's this almost a rehearsal for New World slavery. That you actually they actually took all the Slavs and Jews and people of the Eastern Mediterranean from the plantations there to this island right off the west coast of Africa, where they also bought slaves and took people, put people from West Africa to these new plantations. And so this amazing mixture of peoples and economic policies and principles at work here that are at work in the, you know, the later part of the 1400s.
1: And you've got this uh, innovative set of uh, labor practices, new kinds of slavery, new kinds of machinery, and a new crop, sugarcane. None of that, however, would make money if you didn't have somewhere to sell the sugar. And Europe is starting to get a taste for sugar. They're starting to find ways to use sugar. Initially, they use it just as a spice. Later, they come to use it for many other things. The consumer demand for sugar is very important in powering this revolution that begins to happen, first in the South Atlantic with São Tomé, uh, later in Brazil, and as we'll talk about in a few minutes, in the Caribbean.
0: And what's amazing about this, as well, is that sugar could grow elsewhere, that it was actually able to move from the Eastern Mediterranean to Sao Tome, then to the Caribbean as a crop. And as a crop and as a commodity, one of the reasons that it grew there's so much demand was that it was a necessary complement to that other great commodity of the 15th century, tea, so that tea uh... becomes part of this expanding empire uh, going east and sugar becomes the defining commodity of these european empires
1: going west so in this larger section we'll talk about the way the sugar plantation enterprise develops how it expands helps to create a horrific slave trade that eventually will move over twelve million africans out of the continent of africa uh, and will help to develop uh, the economy of the modern world but Pay attention to a couple of of key things, because you'll see these as recurring themes, not just in this section, but later as well. First of all, uh, the way that certain kinds of economic enterprises are created and then transplanted to other places, because the plantation as a system, as a kind of business enterprise, is going to be something that, as Lewis was suggesting, you can move just like the sugar cane plant. Also, the role of commodities and the importance of consumer markets the role of the movement of people. In this case, the forced movement of people. Later we'll talk about the free movement of people. And finally, the role of finance. Because without credit, none of these crops would have been able uh, to be grown or brought to market. There was a lot of money moving around the Atlantic, just like there was a lot of sugar and a lot of enslaved human beings.
0: And finally, state action. It's impossible to imagine any of these events happening without state-sanctioned corporations, especially things like the Dutch East India Company and other kinds of enterprises, actually finding that state support to move these commodities and to move these people. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist or go to facebook.com slash AmericanCapitalismMOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University.